Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and happy Thursday. Yep, another busy day in August in Washington. Uh, the vacations haven't slowed down the news on so many fronts. Just a little while ago, Senator Joe Manchin, longtime Democrat from West Virginia, in deep trouble in his own state, really lost his popularity there after backing some of Joe Biden's agenda, said he's seriously considering leaving the Democratic Party where he has been for more than 50 years. That is an earthquake, and it's the latest in a long line of Democrats being forced out of the Biden-type Democratic Party that has been built. The uh, extreme climate change agenda, the big spending, the social engineering, the transgender movement, the CRT, the equity, things that don't feel American to a lot of people, and particularly Democrats who grew up in a, a Democratic Party that was founded on the principles of people like John Kennedy and Bill Clinton and Jimmy Carter, even uh, much more centrist than the Biden agenda of today. There is a long line. We saw North Carolina lawmakers switch parties, and that caused the Republican Party to have from Democrat to Republican a supermajority in North Carolina. That was a big one. Georgia state lawmaker recently, Kirsten Cinema left the party. Of course, Tulsi Gabbard left since the Joe Biden era began. The truth of the matter is Joe Biden's form of democratic politics is driving a lot of Democrats from his own party. I would wonder one day if RFK is going to feel comfortable in this party, given the way he's been treated in the early primary stage. So that's a dynamic that we're keeping a close eye on. There's a deal emerging for five Americans held prisoner in Iran to be swapped out for $6 billion cash and some prisoners. Boy, I guess we do pay for people being taken, which I think a lot of people worry are going to create more apprehensions of Americans just to make cash on the deal. The House Foreign Affairs Committee chairman, Chairman McCall, is escalating a fight on subpoenas, saying that the State Department's not complying with his demand for documents and information in the failed Afghanistan withdrawal. That's a big one as well. And former President Trump and his co-defendant, Walt Nauta, pled not guilty to the new classified document charges that were levied against them a couple of weeks ago. It's sort of hard to keep track of all of them because they keep moving and moving and moving and moving around. All right. And meanwhile, a terrible tragedy in Hawaii. 36 people confirmed dead. Scores of structures burnt. People jumping into ocean to avoid being burned to death by the flames of very intense wildfires in one of the great tropical paradises of the world, Hawaii. We're going to have a good story tomorrow with Addison Smith on some of the forest management and warning signs that had occurred in Hawaii heading into this. That's a big story as well. Now, today we have an exclusive interview 
with Congressman Jim Jordan, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. Of course, we're going to talk about the corruption scandals, the dual system of justice, but I want to focus on something that Chairman Jordan has been working on. We're going to break the story at Just the News, uh, probably at the time that you're listening to this podcast. There were large, what are known as geofence warrants that were issued during January 6th and perhaps in other investigations. These are geofences that basically scoop up everybody's phone location data record in a certain area. And then the FBI goes looking through them to figure out who might be criminals, who might not. It's essentially the equivalent of a general warrant, meaning you don't have probable cause for any one Americans. You just have probable cause to look at a whole area of the country and then you go find the crimes in there. It is a concept of general warrants that existed during the American uh, the pre-American days, the colonial days when British law had the concept of a general warrant. And of course, our founding of our country, which led to the Fourth Amendment against unreasonable search and seizure, uh, was, was literally a direct rejection of British law's general warrants concept. And I think when you look at this uh, new practice that we have today with the FBI scooping up records, getting bank records without a, a subpoena or warrant, there is a growing concern that uh, we've moved back towards the concept of general warrants, particularly maybe not keeping up, but just all the electronic capabilities that the FBI has today that our laws haven't been updated on for decades or even centuries. But Jim Jordan's going to be here. This is a very important civil liberties issue. If you're a conservative, if you're an independent, if you're a civil libertarian Democrat, this is not an issue you can feel good about. And you add it with the FISA warrant issues and the FISA abuses and some of the other things that we're learning, like banks turning over our private financial information without being compelled. Well, we got a big problem, I think. And I think the, the, the debate of civil liberties is upon us. And I think Jim Jordan's going to take us here. Well, of course, we also have a lot of news on other fronts as well. In the second part of the show, Paul Manafort, one of the great big figures, one of the tragic figures, because he ended up getting convicted, going to jail. Uh, he was pardoned eventually in the Russia collusion uh, fiasco. He's going to join us. He had a famous anecdote. I wanted you all to hear. It hasn't been told many times, but about being with the former Ukrainian president, President Yanukovych, back in 2010 or 11. And Joe Biden calls in because Joe Biden's got the portfolio for Ukraine. And he tells Yanukovych, I don't like the fact that you're seeking to prosecute your chief political rival, a woman named Timoshenko at the time. And I thought it's worth hearing that to hear Joe Biden say that in a foreign country saying that's not democracy. That's not the way the Western world, the civilized world works. Given that today it's by Joe Biden's Justice Department trying to lock up his chief rival, Paul Manafort's very compelling story in the second block. And then many of us look around all the times and say, we never get a chance, never get a chance to score the big IPOs, the special private offerings of stock, because we're just not rich enough. You got to have $100,000, $200,000, a million dollars to put down and then wait for yours as these exclusive technology opportunities emerge. Well, my third guest today has created a incredible company and movement to uh, democratize these big, very lucrative potential tech and private offerings. And so he's created a company called Linkto, L-I-N-Q-T-O. And if you go to linkto.com, L-A-N-Q-T-O.com slash Just News, you can get in and learn about this company. And for just $5,000 of investment, much more lower threshold, and he's trying to push it to 2,500, everyday Americans like you and I, you don't have the billions and millions that the wealthy have can get in on some of these private offerings that end up having sometimes 10, 20, 30 fold 
returns. And so in the, the third segment, we're going to talk to our good friends at Link2, now a partner, now a sponsor and a supporter of Just the News and John Solomon Reports about the opportunity, the democratization of big, lucrative investments. Now, of course, they have risk, too. We want to be honest about that. Not every startup succeeds, but many do, and many score big returns for their initial investors. You can get in that game for as little as 5000 and soon we hear 2500 We're going to have that conversation in the third block today. All right, one last thought before we go to first commercial break, come back with our exclusive interview with House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan. Yesterday, we broke the story of James Comer's new report and the $20 million that now flowed into the Biden-associated accounts from foreign interests and who they were and what they were. I was thinking back, and what I did last night is take the money overlays that James Comer gave us, uh, the, the roadmap, follow the money roadmap, and go back to the Hunter Biden laptop and show some of the conversations that were occurring into and out of big money coming in. And what you see is big money comes in, Hunter Biden promises access, Hunter Biden delivers access to Joe Biden as sort of a fulfillment of what these foreigners wanted. They wanted access to the big guy or to the brand, as he's been called. There's a couple of really great emails that I want to read you because they debunk some very, very false spin that Democrats and even some in the news media have begun to do. And uh, one of them is, we saw it very quickly during the Devin Archer aftermath. We were told by Congressman Goldman of New York, the Democratic bulldog on the current Biden investigation, hey, Devin Archer said they were selling the illusion to access, the illusion to access, illusion of access. And we looked for that when the transcript came out. And (laughs) guess what? Those words were there. That's not what Devin Archer said. He said they got access. And the Democrats have tried to muddle this as well as some of their dishonest defenders in the traditional or legacy news media. But I want to read you an email that occurred April 17th, 2015, the morning after Joe Biden attended one of Hunter Biden's dinner at Cafe Milano, a ritzy restaurant in D.C. Vadim Pazarsky, the man that was one of the top executives at Burisma, he thanked Hunter Biden. I'm just going to read it to you. You tell me if this is the illusion of access or whether Vadim Pazarsky got access. Remember, Vadim Pazarsky is the Burisma executive who manages basically the relationship with Hunter Biden when Hunter Biden's making all those millions from there. But also, he's the uh, guy that shows up in the FBI 1023 report along with his boss, the owner of Burisma, uh, Mr. Zolchevsky, and says, hey, we were being coerced into this. Joe Biden had it. There's a $10 million scheme. He would know, right? He was in contact with him. Here I read you from April 17, 2015, an email from Vadim Pazarsky to Robert Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, as we know him. Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. That's not an illusion that he was going to get access. He got it. He spent an entire dinner with Joe Biden, the vice president, at a time when his company was corrupt, so corrupt that the State Department was uh, canceling contracts and saying, stay away from them, bad people. We think they're making bribes. And what's Joe Biden doing? He's sitting at a dinner table, yucking it up with one of their executives. That's not illusion. That's real access. That's what Bill Clinton offered in the 1990s with the China money raising scandal and uh, the the Lincoln bedrooms and the White House coffees and teas where 100,000, 250,000 donors bought their way in to get some FaceTime with President Clinton and his top aides and top Democrats turning the White House into a mill. Here, Joe Biden was doing it for his son's millions, not even for the Democratic Party, for his son's own 
enrichment. It's not an illusion, folks. It actually happened one more. There is the famous anecdote I've been telling you about, because I uncovered it not too long ago, of Hunter Biden. $143,000 check comes in from a Kazakh executive who's one of Hunter's business partners. The next day, the, the exact same amount of money goes out, and it buys a luxury sports car for Hunter. And a lot of people say, well, maybe Hunter didn't want it. Are we sure they're connected? Okay, I just want you to sit back and listen to this. You're going to laugh at this email. Now, it's very important that Hunter Biden, before this check came in, had been trying to get Secretary of State John Kerry to go to Kazakhstan, something that these businessmen wanted. At the same time, he's going to get a private meeting with Joe Biden a year earlier than the Vadim Pazarsky one. April 2014, there's one uh, dinner. April 2015, there's another one. So 143 comes in, 143 goes out, it buys a Porsche. And people say, well, maybe that's just an illusion. Maybe Hunter didn't want it, right? I want you to, and pardon my French, but I got to read the actual email. This is from Hunter Biden to Devin Archer telling him to get in touch with that Kazakhstani oligarch, Kenneth Rakashev. Hunter Biden to Devin Archer, listen up. I know I'm being a pain in the ass, but what do I do? What do I need to do, Ray Porsche? Question mark. Let me call Nerlin. That's the company that Rakashev is going to wire the money from, and he does, and the money comes in. I know I'm being a pain in the ass, but what do I need to do to get my Porsche? Hunter Biden to his business partner who's shaking down the Kazakh guy to deliver the money that's going to become the Porsche sports car. Not illusion, folks. This really happened. And I leave you with those two emails to think about. We're going to go take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we will have an exclusive interview with House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan right after this. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Title Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home and its title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge a signature on a home sale form. Then he or she refiles as the new owner and bam, your home is not in your name and all of a sudden debts are being taken out against it. That's why Home Title Lock is my choice. Find out for free when you use my code JUSTNEWS at sign up. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection free. So go to hometitlelock.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS at hometitlelock.com. Go there today. Folks, Factors delicious ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved 
meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store, Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Extremely excited to have this next guest on. He is always making news. He's always fighting for freedom. He's always exposing things inside the FBI and in the administrative state that should concern all of us because of their impact on freedom. Joining us right now, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Congressman Jim Jordan. Congressman, great to have you back on the show. Well, good to be with you, John, and uh, appreciate those nice remarks. But um, you, you, you could say the same thing about yourself. You're always out there getting getting facts and truth to the American people, and we appreciate that. It's kind of funny how much truth we've been denied over the last several years, and now that Republicans are in control, we're finally getting... Isn't that, the, isn't, that, isn't that accurate? It's like, yeah, if, if we don't get the majority, we don't... None of this, none of this stuff gets, gets public. And, 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 and here, here's one thing, John, if I could just jump here to start... We're making a difference because two and a half weeks ago, the IRS announced they will no longer be sending agents unannounced to American people's, American citizens' home. That is a huge win for freedom. Like this idea that the Gestapo, the IRS folks are going to knock on your door and unannounced and tell you, you got some. That's one. One we had one situation where an IRS agent showed up at a constituent of ours door and and used an alias, said he was somebody else. And she thought it was a total scam. Now, the, uh, the, so the IRS, but for us making this public and, and pushing back on what we, we saw here with Taibbi and with this situation, they don't decision. And that is a win. That's one of the things that the, uh, Republican majority, good people in the press like you guys getting this out there is, is actually different. It is. And you know what? Everybody wins. Democrat, Republican, independent with these changes. It just makes us a better country. And and it shows that oversight done well, which is what you have done so well. It makes a difference for everyday Americans. It isn't some theoretical exercise in a marble hall in Washington. It actually changes things for the better for people. I want to dial in on something that you're working on today. I think it may be one of the most important issues of our time because I think the Fourth Amendment is increasingly in grave danger in the way the FBI has assumed powers. You have done some great oversight work on geofencing phone data, basically using the location data of Americans to figure out whether any crimes were committed without having a predicate. Tell us what you've done, the letter you've sent to the FBI, and why it's so important to freedom. Well, it's just that we we know that uh, regarding January six, a couple of years ago, that the the FBI was looking to get your your phone data location where where you were in 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 relation to the Capitol, where you around the Capitol, and it was just sort of this blanket approach, no no predicate to say you know Sally Smith or John Jones was 
was was here. We have reason to believe they can, they did this. We'd like to know. We want to double check that. Nothing like just a blanket. And then you couple this with what we learned from a testimony from a whistleblower at the FBI a few months back, where Bank of America just turned over their customers' uh, debit card and credit card purchases in the in the in the D.C. area around January 6, 2021. I mean, this is scary stuff, and it's. It's so contrary to the principles that that our country was founded on. Like you can't just have the government sweep up everything about you trying to find out if you did something wrong. That's not how our system works. But it sure looks like that's what's happening in in modern day America, particularly with this uh, this Biden administration. Yeah. And you go back in. In fact, I found this on the congressional congress.com at constitution.congress.com. When you go look to the founding of this country, the Bill of Rights, the Fourth Amendment specifically, our founding fathers had this grave concern that in British law, there was a thing called general warrants, meaning you didn't have to have probable cause. You could issue a warrant, look for anything, and maybe then you'd find a crime. They explicitly rejected that. And when you see in, in these phone warrants is they don't have a predicate. They don't have probable cause. They're looking for everybody. And then maybe they'll find a probable cause there. Is this something that ultimately is going to get addressed in legislation or does it need to go through the courts as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we'll, there'll be legislation introduced that you take the Bank of America. You've you got to have a warrant to get this information. You just can't be turning it over. Uh, same thing here. There's got to be a specific warrant. That, that is our system. That is what this country was founded on. Um, you, 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 I mean, they just think it's, it's, would, would Sam Adams think this is OK? Would John Adams, would George Washington, would any of the any of those great Americans who started this experiment in liberty we call America, the greatest nation ever, would they approve of what 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 we're seeing? Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're, we will pursue legislation, and frankly, as as we've talked about before, we'll also look at the appropriations process and how we can how we can use the power of the purse, the power of you know the the, the appropriations and, and where Americans' tax dollars get spent and how they get spent to uh, to influence this as well. Yeah, this is so important. These are seminal issues. The FISA reform, another one between FISA, general warrants, and bank records. We could have a much different looking Justice and FBI Department in a year with, with the work you're doing. I want to flip to another one because of all the things that I've written in the last year, this one has bothered me the most. Now I'm, I'm in self-disclosure to my audience. I'm Catholic. But the anti-Catholic memo, the people who practice Latin mass somehow are extremist memo, it was portrayed by the FBI when we started. Oh, an isolated incident wasn't approved. Yesterday, you dug up some really jaw-dropping information that multiple FBI offices were involved in this. Once again, the story the Bureau gave us doesn't seem to add up when you get the facts. Yeah, they told us it was a, kind of a one-off thing. Just the FBI field office, Christopher Ray testified. He was appalled. He was aghast. He immediately withdrew the memorandum. Um, and that was the story. But we, we, the, the memo we got, and again, this came from a whistleblower. The memo we got uh, from that Richmond office of the, of the FBI was heavily redacted. And we kept saying, we want, the, we want the unredacted version. We kept pushing. Finally, we had to threaten contempt um, before they would turn over a less redacted. There's still some redactions in the newest version, but less redacted. And we learned, well, Shazam, it wasn't just the FBI uh, field office in Richmond who was involved. There were other field offices who were contributing to this effort. And it was, it was simply, as you described, John, it's, if you were a traditional Catholic, if you were a pro-life, pro-strong border Catholic, you were viewed as an extremist. You were a radical. And they were looking, the FBI was looking for ways to develop sources, to spy on you, to, to watch you inside the church, inside the parish. I mean, it was, 
it's just wrong. It's, again, we're talking about the first right mentioned in the First Amendment, your freedom to practice your religion the way you want. And that's what they were going after. And we now learn it was broader than they told us. And, and maybe last, the thing that I think is just as troubling is, why did they redact the, the, the line that talked about the Portland field office? Why did they do that? There's no reason to do that, to redact that name in that office. Why did they do that? Uh, so the fact that they were hiding stuff from us, at least as it appears, I think is particularly troublesome. And that's that's one of the questions we have for Mr. Rett. You have a lot of evidence now that the stories that the FBI, the Justice Department, Chris Ray himself personally have offered your committee. As you peel the onion back, you keep finding out they're not willing to give you the truth. That's a real problem for Congress. You can't do oversight. You can't make informed decisions if you constantly are getting half-truths and it takes a year to process and get real truth. Is there a message to be sent to the FBI in the appropriations process that will exact some sort of punishment for the FBI for this sort of evasive and at times really truly misleading testimony answers, redactions that they've been meddling with Congress? Yeah. No, I, I would say three quick things. It's a great question. One is you're not going to get a new headquarters. We're not going to appropriate the money for a new headquarters. That's ridiculous. Uh, two, we will use the, uh, the the power of the purse to say no money can be used for certain things. Particularly, um, we think it's, it's appropriate to say that we will not allow any type of money to be used in any way to censor American speech. And then third, we, we're working with Senator Paul to introduce legislation that says if you are a government uh, you work for the federal government and you are involved in any way in censoring American speech. You're going to lose your job. You're going to lose your pension. You could use your security clearance if you have it. And frankly, uh, we, we want to have language in that legislation which says uh, you can bring a civil civil right, of, uh, civil cause of action against someone who violated your First Amendment liberty. So um, we're, we're looking at all three of those avenues as a way to stop this from happening in our country. Those are big, big reforms. They're going to be well-received in America, I think, after all we've learned. I want to finish up with Joe Biden, because I think we're at a moment now where the evidence becomes clearer and clearer. First off, that what we were told in 2019 wasn't true. What we were told in 2020 wasn't true. Heck, what we were told just a few months ago by Joe Biden wasn't true. (laughs) They've kept up alive for a long time. But when you look at the behavior now, James Comer yesterday puts out these new reports and you see big money comes in, then they get a meeting with Joe Biden arranged through Hunter Biden, the Cafe Milano dinners. It's starting to look a lot like this was a Foreign Corrupt Practices Act operation. We've seen it used against other people, but for some reason it didn't seem to fall here. Is there some evidence now that this was an illegal lobbying operation and that Joe Biden was the dangle to get his family the money from these sort of unsavory foreign characters? Well, that sure looks like what the evidence is is, is now beginning to show. Uh, I mean, it was it was dinners, it was phone calls, it was over thirty meetings that Joe Biden had just with one of Hunter of his son's business partners, Eric Sherwin. Uh, some of those meetings take place at the White House. Some of them take place at the Vice President's residence, uh, the, and those are just ones we 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 know of, have a record of. So you got dinners, you got phone calls, twenty phone calls where he's put on the phone in front of clients, in front of his uh, partners. Um, and then, of course, these 30-some uh, meetings that take place with with a business partner. I don't think, as, as someone said, I don't think they're just talking about the weather 30-plus times, all those phone calls and these dinners that are, you know, hour-long, hours-long dinners with with foreign nationals here. The, the, the Russian oligarch, the wealthiest woman in Russia in one of those dinners in, at the cafe, yeah, Batarina. Um, so the uh, it is starting to pile up and then you couple all that with what the justice department tried to do in saying they weren't going to press charges in the years that dealt with burisma which i think is the biggest troublesome area that the biden business operation has 
um, and, and, and the judge was having none of this, saw through the, the ridiculous plea agreement that they tried to run through, um, you pile it all together and it's like, wow, this is serious stuff that was going on. And our, our, our focus, our duty is to continue to do the work, continue to get the facts, and the speaker has been very clear. If, in fact, we need to move to an impeachment inquiry phase of this investigation, we will do that. Yeah, that's it. And where do you think we are in that process? Is there a piece between here and there where a select committee does some more gathering? Do the oversight committees just keep on the path they are until there's enough evidence to make a decision? Well, it's the path to deciding whether impeachment is a reasonable opportunity. I think there are, th- I think there are three things here. One is the, the oversight committee is going to continue to, to, to dig and do their work. Two, we're going to talk with the, we want to talk with the 11 people in the Justice Department who were critically involved in the Hunter Biden investigation. Uh, we, we think we, we think that's important. And then three, frankly, I think we want to see what the judge says here in two weeks when that 30 day frame, a uh, time frame from when they try to get the plea agreement done back in July. And now in, in two and a half weeks from now, when they have the next uh, 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 hearing, uh, if they're what that plea agreement looks like, if there is one. So I think that's an important variable, too, because if, if they finalize this, then the Justice Department can no longer say, oh, we've got an ongoing investigation. We can't come talk to Congress. Then we're at, a, we're at a point where we can talk to these 11 people to justify, including David Weiss, the U.S. attorney. We, we want to talk to all of them. Yeah, that's really important. One last thing, because it was a big moment Monday. I don't want to lose sight of it. The Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Federal Government, you've done such great work there, filed an amicus brief uh, on the Biden administration's real system of censorship. We keep learning more and more about it. Very big statement for Congress to join that lawsuit. What do you hope comes of that with the judge? Well, that, that suit was so good, and, and, and you know, uh, it came out on July 4th, as I thought was so appropriate, talking about how the Biden administration and all these agencies have been censoring American speech. So we wanted to join in. Um, the, the opinion written by the court was so strong, 80-some pages of facts where the government, the Biden administration, was involved in limiting Americans' First Amendment free speech rights. So uh, we wanted to be a part of that, um, particularly now some of the things we've learned in the Facebook files with, with Facebook, what the government was trying to get Facebook to do. Uh, scary stuff. So we're, we were we were we got that done. I think late on Monday, and we got that file. Yeah, there's a great line in here that the Biden administration has distorted the free marketplace of ideas, including even trying to ban memes and jokes. Such a remarkable document that you guys filed in that court. I'm sure it's going to have a significant impact, Mr. Chairman. Always great to have you on the show. We always learn a lot. We're going to be keeping a close eye on that geofencing phone data thing. That's a big Fourth Amendment issue, and I'm excited to see what Congress does with it in the next few months. You bet. Thanks, John. Thanks for all your good work. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. My conversation with Amanda Head and Paul Manafort next. An unbelievable anecdote you'll never forget. Joe Biden gives some advice to the Ukrainian president about not putting his rivals in prison. Ha! That's kind of funny. You're going to hear it directly from Paul Manafort right after these messages. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time 
IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, it's, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook a, a vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down, and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick. House Nutrition, and of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. He was one of the most influential and important figures from America in Ukraine for a long time. Of course, he's also one of the most uh, uh, towering figures in American politics for a long time. Our good friend Paul Manafort joins us right now. Paul, good to have you on the show. John, good to see you and Amanda again. Uh, it's good to have you, sir. I want to ask a little bit. You were on the ground in 2016, 2015, 2014 in Ukraine. You knew what uh, was going on, what the oligarchs wanted. Uh, was Hunter Biden a foreign agent? Was he a lobbyist? Uh, what was he doing over there? Well, yes, he, he was active uh, in Ukraine. And, uh, you know, we picked his tracks up uh, quite a bit. His father was, as you know, the link between the Obama administration and uh uh, and uh, the when I was there, the Yanukovych administration. In fact, you know, everyone's focusing on the the Hunter Biden story. One of the stories I like to tell about the, that time is, uh, you know, we got when Yanukovych won the presidency in 2010. He, uh, as part of the campaign theme, he was campaigning against the former prime minister Yulia Tymoshenko, who was uh, he declared was had done a corrupt deal uh, with the Russians. Uh, against the Ukrainian government, of her own government, where Viktor Yushchenko was the president. Uh, and, and Yanukovych, against my advice, uh, had her arrested for the corruption uh, that, even, that even Yushchenko approved of. Uh, but I was against it because I said, you don't do that uh, if you want to have a developing democracy and become part of Europe. Uh, well, the very next day, I, he got a phone call, and I was with him from, from Vice President Biden, who said to him, that he needed to remove this ind indictment of Yushchenko, of Yanuko, of Timoshenko because the United States doesn't support governments that go after their political opponents. 
And, uh, of course, the rest is history. He didn't withdraw that, uh, unlike what Poroshenko did when uh, when Biden pressured him to fire the, the, the prosecutor general. Uh, but the word at the time was that Biden was hired because of his name, what because of what he could do in Washington. And we were picking up tracks, which, uh, which indicated that uh, he was dealing in State Department, dealing with the White House. Now, did I know of exact meetings he was doing? No. Uh, but uh, uh, the Burisma felt that the, that he was doing things according to people I knew who knew what was going on at Burisma, uh, and uh, and from some of the information I've seen in the course of the last several years, uh, his activities in Washington, his firm's activities in Washington were ex- much more extensive than what the special counsel indicted me for, and when they said I violated FAIR, something that in fact even the FARO office said that I did not, and when we negotiated a. Uh, because it was, we were involved in a political campaign, uh, a, a, an understanding, uh, the, the fair government, what, uh, fair administration basically said that what I did was questionable uh, in a gray area, and uh, and they we we agreed that I would do a limited filing, and for that uh, I was there were no civil penalties, certainly no criminal penalties, because at that time there was no, they didn't use fair as a criminal statute. Right. Well. What Biden has appeared to have done, based on important information in the last couple of years of what's on his laptop, was way more extensive than anything I had, where I had actually had hired lobbyists to do the work. So there's definitely a dual system of justice here. There's two standards. uh, And and what they came after me for was considerably less. But they did that because what Mueller wanted to do was to break the statute of limitations and go back over my whole career in business uh, and try and take every dollar I had ever earned uh, from Ukraine, which, by the way, was for political consulting, which is not covered by FARA. Uh, and and that's what they did, and uh, because it was stacked deck against me, uh, you know, and then I had a, a judge in Washington who basically could have been sitting at the prosecutor's table. Uh, you know, I had no chance. Mm. Well, a lot of people in our business would say that you shouldn't engage in whataboutism, but I, I sometimes think it's important when you can draw parallels between the way that you were treated by the Department of Justice, and then you know, a few weeks ago when Hunter Biden's deal fell apart. But when they first announced that he was going to uh, to plead guilty on, you know, some petty tax evasion charges. And then when that deal fell apart, I have to imagine for you looking at his alleged other crimes that had that, that were not included in this agreement, his activity, his behavior, his connection to his father's activity and behavior. I can imagine looking at that plea deal for Hunter Biden. You had some sort of feelings about it. Well, if they had given me that kind of deal, the, the House would have impeached Trump. <laughs> That's no question about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's a good point. I mean, it was. I mean, it, the parallels are. If anybody looked at my case of what they charged, and then looked at my defense, which is in my book, uh, you'll you'll see that what they charged was really contrived. But then you look at what the laptop shows Hunter Biden was doing, and you you've got to wonder. I mean, why? Why? I mean, why did they come after me, or why aren't they going after Hunter Biden? Yeah, those are very real questions that I think a lot of people in Congress now have with this new evidence out there. Paul, I want to go back to that anecdote because there is a delicious irony. Joe Biden tells Ukraine, don't jail your political enemy. But aren't we in the process of prosecuting Donald Trump with his department now? Uh, You can't lose the, the irony between the two circumstances, can we? 
No, you can't. And that, to me, that's the most compelling example I have of the dual system of justice. Uh, because, I mean, he didn't just call Yanukovych once. The ambassador, the ambassador was coming over to see Yanukovych on a weekly basis. And by the way, Yanukovych had the evidence of Timoshenko's corruption, and even her own president, Viktor Yushchenko, you know, said that what she did was wrong. Yeah. But that was how she funded her presidential campaign again in, in 2010. Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah, when you look at that, and then you see what what Biden is doing uh, in the, here against Trump, you've got to say again, you know, the, there's a total two, two standards of justice. It's unbelievable. I wanted to ask you, as as more of this information comes out, not only from you know Chuck Grassley making public that FD 1023, and then Senator Ron Johnson requesting letters or information and documents from the White House, and then of course what's been revealed. Through Judiciary Jim Jordan and oversight with James Comer. Has there been anything that's come out either from from testimony from Devin Archer or any of these documents, money trails, SARS reports, anything that has surprised you? Well, again, I mean, again, using my situation as an example, uh, and, and I deal with it in the book and this is too short to get into it here, but. We, I did have several accounts with, that we used because it was tr- it was difficult to take money from Ukraine directly into the United States because of the kind of, Ukraine had a reputation in the banking world. So, but I took my money directly from offshore accounts to my 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 account. So there was no trail of three or four or five or six banks before the money hit, and I declared the money for what it was. Yet they said that that was uh, that was uh, money laundering. They said that uh, that what I was doing was setting up an enterprise because I didn't have money going directly from Ukraine to my bank account. All right, folks, one more to go. I promised you we have a brand new partner linked to. I'm so excited that they're here. Why? Not only because they're a great partner and they're supporting our journalism, they're democratizing the opportunity for everyday Americans to get a chance to invest in normally private offerings in the tech market and other places where you have to have big dollars to get in the game. Not anymore. 2,500 to 5,000 gets you in the game. Thanks to the great folks at Link2. We're going to join them in just a second. They're going to explain everything, why they support us, and also how you can get in the game on investments that normally are reserved for the wealthiest of Americans. We'll have that right after these messages. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, Add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a health care provider. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. 
higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, Text Just News to 989898 right now. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. I know a lot of us have been frustrated by the, the stock market over the last few years and also frustrating to see the opportunities that millionaires and billionaires get that we never in everyday America get a chance to do. Well, one of our partners has solved that riddle, has opened a door for everyday Americans with just a little bit of money to invest to get in on some of the great IPO and other offerings that make billionaires and millionaires so happy. Their name is linked to. I am so excited that they are a partner with Just the News and John Solomon Reports right now. And we're very lucky to have their chief operating officer with us right now, Joe Endoso. Joe, great to have you on the show. Great to be here, John. Thank you for inviting me. Pleasure. It's a great honor. I had you on the TV show a couple of days ago. People were super excited to hear about this. I thought our podcast audience would also love to learn about it. You've done something very special. In fact, I've never seen it done all the years I've been a journalist. You've created an opportunity for people to get into these great investment opportunities that normally are reserved really for the wealthy of the wealthiest. Tell us a little bit of how you democratize the investment process. Uh, well, it starts out by uh, making a good variety of high-quality investments available to regular folks like you and me. And uh, we're talking here specifically about VC-backed tech companies that are still private, meaning they're still in that part of their life uh, before they've, you know, uh, listed on a public stock exchange and become freely tradable. That's a difficult thing to do. Uh, because these companies are many times, um, you know, not necessarily known, uh, much less accessible to regular folks, right? Silicon Valley and the tech industry generally tends to be a little clubby. And so you kind of got to know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy (laughs) to be able to have access to these investment opportunities. Um, So we're trying to do away with that. And when you go to our, download our app or you go to our website, you'll immediately see quite an array. I think today there's probably 32, 35 stocks all in all, all high-quality private tech companies that we've curated. So we use our own capital, John, to to make these investments. We we have an internal research and selection process that we use to identify companies that we think are are good investments and good IPO prospects. We tend to uh, to invest when they're uh, mid to late stage um, at prices that we think allow for good upside um, returns or potential. And then, um, and then we, 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 we actually use our own balance sheet to make these investments. And once we, we close those investments and typically it'll take anywhere from, 
you know, on the short end, maybe 45 days. On the long end, as as, as, as long as six months it's taken us uh, to, to close some of these investments. Once we've done that, once we've completed the investment, we put the investment into investment vehicles that we manage, and then we open those vehicles up for participation by um, regular individual investors for as little as 5000 bucks. That's just remarkable. And that's, that's, that's at the high level how we democratize things. It, it is remarkable because most other entry points for, for these sort of investment opportunities are $100,000 plus, right? There's a big, I mean, you can get in for one twentieth of what normally is required for this sort of private investment. That's a big game changer in the marketplace. If you're saving for retirement or you're just saving for your kid's education or just looking to get some return on investment, this is a really unique opportunity that normally you'd have to have a much higher threshold to get involved with, right? That's absolutely correct. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, we, we're trying to solve that by making it really affordable for a regular person to make those investments. And so if you had, say, you know, uh, 50 grand that you wanted to allocate of your, your savings to investing in, in these private investment opportunities, you could take that 50 grand and spread it across 10 different companies and have a pretty good diversified portfolio of high quality private company, um, you know, tech investments. Uh, so that's basically the, 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 the idea for driving that um, entry cost down right to us as, as low as five thousand um, bucks and then the other thing we do because it, it you know the, the other problem with private markets john is that there isn't a whole heck of a lot of information to guide an investment decision right in the public markets companies are subject to disclosure requirements and so on a quarterly basis they're reporting uh, in, in, in a great degree of detail, their their operational performance, what's going on with the markets, uh, you know, their products, um, and then there's also just general the general media is providing news coverage of developments on those companies, you know, even prior to earnings announcements every quarter, right? So there's just a, a whole lot of information on which to base investment decisions. This is not the case in the private markets because. Uh, Companies being private, they're not subject to those disclosure requirements that apply to public markets. So what we try to do is, uh, you know, acquire a lot of proprietary information and do a lot of research, um, you know, from various sources that we trust and think are credible. Some of those are, are uh, paid sources, meaning we have to we have to pay money to access, you know, that kind of intelligence to access certain kinds of databases, and then we, we, we put together all of that information in, in an easy-to-understand fashion so that when our uh, members look at a particular stock on our platform, they can have the benefit of, of that um, information uh, right there at their fingertips and be able to make educated decisions. Yeah, that's so important. And you have it right at your fingertips with the app. I mean, the app is so easy to use. I love the app. You've got a lot of different things here, right? Affordability is one big thing, particularly if you're a small investor like most of us are. There's obviously real-time liquidity. I think that's something a lot of these investments often take many years before they become liquid for others. That's an important thing. Affordability got checked off. Diversity. A lot of people say, what's your portfolio diversity? That's important, right? You want to have risk spread out and opportunity spread out. Tell us a little bit about portfolio diversity, which I know you've worked very hard on 
something that we uh, absolutely encourage, um, just you know, like any advisor would to their um, uh, customer who's investing in the public market and in the private markets. That that concept is no less important. You want to be able to spread your risk and your bets across a variety of names because at the end of the day, nobody has a crystal ball and a guarantee uh, of, of success or a you know specific rate of return on any one stock. Right, so it's important to spread your your risk. And part of what we're trying to do is provide a very broad selection of quality companies across different sectors, and um, you know across uh, and within those sectors uh, a good. Uh, selection of the top players so that you can put together that diversified portfolio that we talked about for a given sum of money. Um, I'd also like to touch upon the, the liquidity point that you alluded to, John, because that is actually a really important differentiator for us. Um, the nature of these private companies or restricted stocks is, is such that they're, they're actually inherently illiquid, meaning that you can't, even if you own this stock, um, trade that stock unilaterally. I, I don't have the right as a shareholder in these private companies to simply sell my stock to somebody else. I've actually got to to go to the company to get permission before I can sell that stock to somebody else. And that permission may not be granted. It can be withheld or it can be trumped by something called a right of first refusal, meaning uh, the companies will typically have the right to match the price at which I'm, lo I'm looking to sell it to a third party and, and buy that stock for itself. Um, in, in which case, if I'm on the other side of that transaction, if I was the person looking to buy that stock from Joe, I, I, I basically end up with you know, nothing, right? I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to consummate or close the purchase of that stock. So um, the stock is illiquid for, 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 for those reasons because of the transfer restrictions. What, what we've done to create liquidity is um, we allow um, our, in, our members who are investing through our investment vehicles um, to liquefy their investments by selling it to us or to other members on on our platform. So um, even though the underlying stock remains e-liquid, meaning the investment vehicle continues to hold that stock, it doesn't get sold or traded, the ownership that you have in that investment vehicle is tradable, fully tradable. You could literally make an investment this morning and this afternoon trade out of it on our platform. And And this is a really super important thing because on other platforms, you don't have that kind of liquidity. And if you're an institution, right, and you've got a whole boatload of money that you've set aside and you've gone in and, and basically already committed to locking that money up in these private investments for as long as 10 years, right, as is the case in, for venture capital funds, then that's no biggie, right? But for a human being, that, that's a different matter altogether. I mean, it's very, very tough to make a decision to lock up your money for 10 years because things happen to, to people, right? Life events impinge on those investment decisions. And I see this every day, John. I mean, I, you know, four weeks ago, I was talking to one of our customers and he, one of our bigger customers, actually, and 
um, his, his father passed away um, very suddenly. And all of a sudden, he had this his mom that he needed to care for. So he needed to get liquidity in order to pay off her mortgage so she wouldn't need to worry about being thrown out of her house. And then help her with a bunch of uh, other things to, to support her, right? That required liquidity. If he had been on any other platform investing in private company stock, he would have been stuck. Uh, would have been very, very hard to liquefy. On our platform, he pressed a button. And boom. And boom. He had $250,000. That is, that is something that can't be done in almost any other private equity market. There's also, there's also a lot of fascinating things, right? You have no brokerage fees, no management fees, no administrative fees. Those are things that can run up and take a big share, even when you're successful, of your investment. That's a, another distinction. How do you pull that off? How do you end up doing that? out very, very uh, intent on making the platform as simple and easy to use as possible. And part of simple and easy basically was doing away with the, the traditional private equity and venture capital fund structure, right? Where as a fund manager, I take your money and then I invest it for you. And in return, you pay me 2% of the value of that investment every year. I get to deduct a whole bunch of my admin expenses as well. You pay for those. And if I'm successful in five or 10 years when we exit, I get to take 20% of your profit. That's, that, that's the old model, right? For a whole bunch of reasons, we just thought, wow, that's super expensive, number one. Second, it's just a lot of brain damage because you've constantly got to be accounting for all these expenses. And by, when you figure out what's my actual net return, you end up having to figure out, well, how much did I spend on the management fees? How much did I get charged for on, on the admin expenses and such? And then I get 20% off the top that I have to give up to my fund manager. And that's, think about it, right? I'm paying all of that for them to manage my money. It's my capital that's earning them those fees, right? So with LinkedIn, we, we've turned it upside down. A, we use our own capital. We don't say, John, put the money in your account first so we can invest it. We take our own money and risk it, and we make the investment. And once we've made the investment, then we go to you and say, John, do you want to join this investment in our investment vehicle? And if your answer, by the way, is no, there's no cost to you. We're holding the risk, right? But you don't get charged for that. And if your answer is yes, you look at the price at which we're offering that investment, and that's the decision you've got to make. Is that stock price at a level that I think is going to make me a return when the company exits? And if your answer is yes, boom, you go make the investment. There's no other fees after that. And it's very easy to calculate your return because – when, when, when that stock goes public, you take the difference between what your price was when you invested and the price at which you sell it in the public market, and that's your return. And I'm not going to take 20% of it, by the way. It's all yours. It's pretty easy to calculate. It's not the incredibly shrinking success that a lot of people see when they do all the calculations. Like, oh, I thought I hit it big, but I really did it. And I think that's what's so exciting about this. Um, there is a element of real commitment to customer service. And I think as I look at it, you guys have done a lot of due diligence on behalf of anyone who's going to get involved in this. You're looking at 
those companies that are you've handpicked, right? You've vetted them. You make sure they got good leadership teams are in that middle to late phase of moving towards success. That takes a lot of burden off all of us. You don't have the time to look at that. But that due diligence, that commitment to customer support, very important and very distinctive, I think, to link to for investors of you know, my size and smaller that want to get in the marketplace but don't have the time to really vet these opportunities. And I hope so. I mean, you know, investing is not without risk right there. I mean, you don't ever get a return without taking risk. Um, but I think what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to make sure that the risk is always mitigated by good diligence and research up front. And when when we do run into to road bumps, and, you know, I'll be perfectly honest, we have, right? When not every investment we've made has been a hit. We've had six exits. All of them were successful, and we can describe to you and other members what the return profile looks on each of those exits. But we've also had companies that never made it to the public market because they blew up while they were still private. Um, and in, in, you know, one instance that I can think about, we actually took a loss uh, because that company hit uh, a, a speed bump that was so big that it actually smashed the company up and took it into bankruptcy, right? What wasn't our intent going into that investment. But what I tell our members is that what I promise you is that even in those worst circumstances where that happens, you it can at least take comfort in the fact that we have skin in the game and we lose alongside you. In that instance, the amount that we lost was five times the amount our members lost, right? So when when we win, we win together, and when we lose, we lose together. It's not like a fund manager where if if we win, I'll have 20% of your money and all the other stuff, but if you lose, you're holding the bag because it's your money. Yeah, no, it really is. This is, It's really an innovative uh, approach, and I think folks who've been in the investment market either got stung or, or did well, but ah, I can't ever get into the big opportunities You've just opened an extraordinary door. And it's interesting. I think when you started a couple of years ago, it was 10,000 entry points, 5,000 now. You were saying on the TV show, you may be able to lower that even low. Talk a little bit about getting the entry level uh, lower so more and more everyday Americans can get in on these incredible opportunities. Yeah, we're, we're now running uh, a program where if you're a first time going um, to member, you can your your very first investment in order to get on our platform is twenty five hundred bucks, right? And eventually, you know, when 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 our membership scales to the point that our unit costs get driven down even more than where they are today, we want to make that twenty five hundred dollars uh, the entry point for everybody at any time. That becomes the minimum investment on the platform. It is exciting to you. You brought a lot of other beyond uh, the app is easy to use, right? It's it, it's as uh, common sense and intuitive as you can come. But you've got a YouTube channel, which I think does a really great point of educating people who are about to dip their toe into this marketplace. Talk about YouTube and all the other support apparatus that you bring to a, a first time investor. Well, we're you know, our demographic is somebody that is relatively um, comfortable uh, working online and digitally. And as a result of that, we, we try to communicate with that target demographic also through, you know, some of the latest means, right? And that includes social media. So we have a fairly active social media presence. We have people in our marketing department that actually try to create communities uh, on those, uh, different platforms amongst our members. And, um, 
That's one of the terrific benefits, actually, of being a Link2 member. It's not just the transactions that you can do to build a portfolio. It's the fact that you become part of a very vibrant community. Um, we have, um, you know, frequent get-togethers physically for our members in different parts of the country and the world. Um, they get to engage and know one another as well as the, uh, the, the members of, of Link2, uh, Link2's management team. And um, uh, I think that is also unique in the investing world, which <clears throat> the investing world tends to be pretty cold and, and distant, right? And, and we're trying to create a very, very different kind of vibe. It's a family. It's a, it's a community. It's a community. That's the word that came to mind when I, I first did my research on this. You're creating a community of investors. And by the way, you're expanding the community of people who can actually get into this type of investing, which I think is very exciting. Now, you always have plans for the future, goals for the future. You're leading in this space. I mean, there's no one like you, I think, in this space that's democratizing the entry point to these sort of markets. What are some of your goals and plans for the future? There's a couple areas in which I, I, I see us expanding, um, right? One is expanding our footprint beyond our natural market, which is North America. North America today is probably uh, 80 plus percent of our total business. But I think over time, we, we can expand to touch on all the uh, uh, markets outside uh, North America where we have tremendous potential and where you have an increasing number of people that have, um, you know, uh, wealth um, being created personally and that they want to uh, put aside a part of in 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 private investments. So we want to be able to capture uh, some of that. Uh, that's one area of, of, of a very important area of uh, our future growth. And um, another one is uh, just um, expanding beyond the, the base of investors we have today that regulation dictates. So I don't know if we touched upon this earlier in the conversation, John, but certainly in the U.S. and most other developed countries, there are securities regulations that basically say, listen, in order for you to invest in this private stuff, you've got to have a certain level of wealth or income, right? In the States right now, that's, um, you know, you've got to have more than $200,000 in annual income and, and or you've got to have a net worth of at least a million dollars, not counting the value of your home. Those are pretty high bars. And, um, you know, we're very big proponents of um, legislation that's currently working its way through the Hill that will relax those requirements so that instead of having these hard and fast financial barriers, uh, instead, uh, the SEC uh, under this legislation is going to be able to provide exams that people can take so that even if you don't meet those financial tests, if you take this exam and prove that you have a certain level of financial sophistication and capacity to understand and take the risks inherent in private investing, you can go ahead and make these investments on Link2. That's the kind of world we'd like to see. And so we're, we're pushing hard to, 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 to have the regulations reformed to allow for a much broader, more democratic access to, to this kind of investment. I mean, you know, when I think about it, it's, it's a little bit actually silly, right? When, because on the one hand, when you look at the, the hard data of market returns, you'll very easily see that in the last 30 plus years, the single 
uh, best performing asset in terms of returns have been investing in these private tech companies. Venture capital returns have, have been the most superior alternative asset return in that in that period of time. And there's, in my mind, no doubt that it's going to continue simply because of the nature of technology and its growing importance in the global economy, right? So even today, you look at the public markets and, you know, that sector is the single largest component of value in the S&P 500, right? Tech companies are probably 40-odd percent of the total S&P 500. So the idea that, you know, you can you can um, increase your returns by investing in those same companies earlier while, those, while they are still private is a very common sense and logical thing. The problem is, Regular people find it really hard to do because of these financial barriers, right? So as a as a regular Joe, I, I can go to you know bet on a dog race more easily than I can bet on you know a really good private tech company that is going to be a you know worth tens of billions of dollars in the public market one day. Why is that? Does that make any sense? I can go put you know ten thousand bucks on red in Las Vegas, but I can't put 10 grand into a high quality private tech company before it becomes worth 50 billion in the public markets one day. It seems to me that the, the regs have got to be changed to allow for a more common sense approach that allows democratic opportunity so that regular people can have the same wealth creation possibilities as the biggest institutions in the world currently have in, in the private market. Yeah, I think a lot of people would, and then they go in eyes. The great thing about LinkedIn, you go in, you go in eyes open. You get the the support system that you need, so that your risk is mitigated. It's such an enormous opportunity. Do you have a fun case story, a success story of someone you know that got in and, and it made a difference in their portfolio? Um, I I can't think of any one individuals because there's so many. Um, John, I mean, today we've got, you know, upwards of 40,000 accredited investor members already and growing by the day. But I can speak to, the, you know, certainly the people, for example, our members that invested in the six companies that um, uh, we had exits in during the IPO window of 2021, the, 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 the people that invested in the, the, the best returning company uh, had a return multiple of about nine and a half X their money. They got nine and a half X their money in a period of roughly 15 months. Jeez. Right. On the low end of that return curve, they got about 1.2 X their money in about, I think, 10 months. That's amazing. So still not bad. Certainly better than the stock market. Oh, Yes. Right. So, I, I mean, I think that, um, you know, I, can I guarantee that that's going to be the return profile going forward? Of course not. But I do believe that those returns are actually quite um, common and they compare historically, right, with, with what's been with what's been uh, achieved in, in, in this type of investing over time. And so, uh, you know, I think if you're a prudent investor and you you, you do a little bit of research, uh, in, you know, uh, with the information that we're making available to you. You can make some very, very good stop picks and earn that, that kind of return um, profile. 
Yeah. How do we get started? I know you've set up a special URL for Just the News and John Solomon Reports fans. You go to linktocom slash Just News. That's a, a good entry point. But what are some of the elements of getting on this journey and, and starting to build a, a real and great opportunity in your economic portfolio? Well, we've got a, a, a very uh, strong customer success team. So if, you know, once you've onboarded, um, if you have uh, difficulty making your first investment for whatever reason, reach out to them. Uh, if you've already made your first investment but and you want to make more and you feel you need more expert advice, we also have a really uh, strong sales team that can sit down with you. They're all well-versed in the private markets. You can speak about individual stocks and, and securities and their pricing, their valuation, et cetera, provide you some of the help you need to be able to construct a good portfolio. Yeah, uh, that's important advice that can really get you in the game quickly and make a good educated decision. I think that's the most important thing. Joe, we're so appreciative of the partnership. This is such an exciting opportunity for people to touch a part of the investment market that's only not only been one of the most successful parts, but often out of reach for most everyday Americans. Folks, if you want to get started on this journey, go to linkto.com. That's L-I-N-Q-T-O dot com slash just news. You'll get started there. You've given us a great path for success. And Joe, what a great opportunity. We're going to get you on again. I'd like to learn more about some of the legislation going through Congress. I think that's pretty important as well. We'll get you back on the show real soon to learn about that in the next round. But thanks for the time, Tane. Thanks for the partnership. You're very welcome, John. Thank you. And um, I'm looking forward to having you as a customer of LinkedIn. Count me in. I'm going to put my first 5000 in and go on the journey, so I can't wait to do it. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Go check out justthenews.com tonight or the Just the News apps in the Apple and Android stores because we're going to have more on that Jim Jordan oversight letter in that very important civil liberties issue that we brought to your attention today. You got it first on the show. You'll get the story tonight. Be sure to follow up on that. And, of course, if you want to take advantage of the incredible generosity, this democratization opportunity to make investments available to you that normally are reserved for the wealthy, go to linktocom slash just news, link to linktocom slash just news. That's a good, good opportunity. Go check it out. Do your own research. I'm going to go do it. You should too. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. Thanks for listening. God bless you. God bless this extraordinary country of the United States. We'll be back Friday with some really good interviews, including an exclusive sit down with James Comer, a new roadmap to where he's heading next in the investigation. Have a great night, folks. History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American Citizenship and its Decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, 
Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free, and it's easy to get started, and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash just news. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. 